everybody. Welcome to Pretty Scary. Pretty Scary Boo. Caitlin. Damn. I know. Ice mug. Just uh, ice. <laughs> You're trying to say like resting bitch face? No, like uh, like ice. ice why, she's mean mugging us. <laughs> yes, she is. Yeah. Mean mugging. Mean, mean mugging cut. <laughs> It's just so ice cold. It's almost invisible. And we could use it. It's so hot here. Yeah, in Burbank. It's hot in Burbank. In the middle of summer. It's cold here. In her heart. We're recording a, an episode of Pretty Scary without Caitlin. Oh, she's not here. She's not. Oh, well, I mean, she's not participating. Yeah, but that, she's definitely physically here. She's definitely in the room. In our hearts. In our hearts. Yes. Yes. So, what are we talking about this week? Carrie, do you remember this song? It's older than us, I think. Well, you're older than me, so do you remember it? <laughs> I'm, I'm what, like four months older than you? No, I don't remember still, either. <laughs> still older. <laughs> this is called Fooled Around and Fell in Love by... Elvin Bishop. If you get the chance to watch the video on YouTube, is this YouTube Premium? I, I mean, I didn't. Brown. Not to brag, but you, yeah. But yeah. It's YouTube Premium. Their outfits are amazing. One looks like an airplane mechanic and he's the lead singer. Yeah. The other girl looks like she's about to teach jazzercise. Right. I don't know about the cowboy. It just looks like a cowboy. Although the cowboy. The cowboy yeah. is actually Elvin Bishop. Oh. Okay. He wrote this song, but he didn't sing it. Uh, he because he thought his voice was too gravelly for it, so he let this guy. Uh, this is Mickey Thomas. It doesn't explain the microphone in front of him, but it does explain him ignoring <laughs> the microphone in front of him. Right, right. Well, he sings. I think most of his song. How shitty would that be? What a, did I do that? Okay, that's fine. The song's <laughs> over. No, oh, no, it was an internet thing. Uh, yeah, he. How shitty would it be to have the one hit of your career be the song some other dude sang? It's too bad he didn't have the confidence though to try. Okay, YouTube, you are just. They just have to keep recycling because it's such a good song. Being a real piece of shit. I feel like those two definitely banged. Oh, they had to have. Yeah, there's so much sexual tension on that stage. There was a whole lot. Well, the reason I bring that song up, which is "Fooled Around and Fell in Love." by Elvin Bishop, is Carrie, guess what? What? The woman that song's about, she got murdered by a cult. Yikes! Holy shit! And we're going to talk about what it. What are the odds? Like, <laughs> honestly? I know. What's the odds for anybody to get murdered by a cult, but then that specific lady that was lucky enough to have a famous song written about her? Right. If someone asks why she died, the answer is for rock trivia. Yeah. Basically. Okay. Because that's a great trivia question. Yeah. What happened to the woman that fooled around? Yeah. And fell? She got murdered by a cult. That's Sir, you're supposed to write it down and we come around and collect your forms. <laughs> so the subject of that song, which was written by Elvin Bishop, is a woman named Jennifer Villarin. And she was married to Elvin Bishop uh, up until, I think, 1980. So not that long. 
Because that song, I think, came out in 74, 75, something like that. And they presumably, if he wrote the song that year, he probably met her that year. Right. Especially if they got divorced. going to do it right away. Yeah, I doubt he wrote it like halfway through their 10-year run. Unless he was trying to save the marriage. Oh, could have been. But probably not. Maybe it's a song of regret. Maybe it is. (laughs) Who knows? We should ask Elvin Bishop. He's still alive. He is still alive and living in California, I believe. Hmm. So they were married through 1980. They had a daughter during their marriage. Her name was Selena. And uh, as I already mentioned, Bishop doesn't sing lead on that song, which it's like, thanks for writing me a song, but also could you sing it yourself? Yeah. Like that, that reminds me of when Puff Daddy had someone else write his tribute song to Notorious Big. It's like... But isn't that supposed to be coming from your heart and soul? You would, you would expect, but it, it came from Sauce Money's heart and soul. I that like, was the rapper's name. Was it really? Yeah. I like that P. Diddy, though, is aware of his opportunities as far as like personal yeah. development and growth and like what he's good at. His limitations, you mean. Oh, I don't know. And where can we call them opportunities? (laughs) (laughs) This is an opportunity for you to do better, Carrie. Oh, I get it. Give me in a corporate way. Yeah, in a corporate way. I don't know how songwriters and singers do it. I just know how we do it in corporate. So on the morning of August 3rd, 2000, we're we're fast forwarding from 1980 to 2000. (laughs) And just a heads up, none of this involves Elvin Bishop anymore. (laughs) That was a very minor but fun it's like a nice prequel. Yeah, it's a cool little detail. I don't know if cool is the right word for what transpires. but And if we ever are able to help somebody with bar trivia, and right. this question comes up. If this wins you a bar tab. Finger the person to your right. Yeah, just finger whoever's around. And so on the morning of August 3rd, 2000, Jennifer Villarin, 45 at the time and forever, was found shot to death. In bed. Which, if you're going to get shot to death, you at least want it to be in bed. Well, then you don't have to fall. Yeah, dying in bed, unless... I don't know. I still never want my my neck snapped. That's, that's a number one way I don't want to die. But barring that, as long as I'm in bed, it's fine. Yeah, I feel like bed just sounds so peaceful. Yeah, because where else do you... Like, every day of your life is just a mission to get to bed. Right. It's just a fucking obstacle course that leads to bed. On my best days off, I literally lay in bed. I only get up to reheat food, to drink Danielle's alcohol. Of course. To use the restroom. And other than that, I'm just flipping side to side and watching documentaries. And I'm only flipping side to side so that I don't get bed sores. Right. That's important. You and it's move a, a good day. It's a great day. I don't, I don't open the blinds. I've got the fan going. Ah. Because the AC's not on. Even if it was, it's just nice. It's it's soothing Uh, to hear the fan. So on the bright side, she died in bed, I guess is what we're getting at. (laughs) There really is a bright side to this. Uh, Her boyfriend, James Gamble, was also found dead. And they had been house-sitting for Selena Bishop at the time. And I have in the notes, I'm legitimately surprised that the police eventually solve this particular murder without a boyfriend to pin it on. But that's just a little dig at the cops I wanted to throw in here. But you would also think that was this just a random murder or was somebody going after Selena Bishop? Right. Yeah, that that I think would be the 
immediate question. And I think right away they were concerned about that because they couldn't get a hold of Selena Bishop either. Right. Was she a victim or was she the killer? Mm. What do you think, America? We're going to tell you right now. Well, tweet us real real quick. (laughs) Yeah. Tweet at us while you're listening. Pause it. And then tweet again and tell us if you were right. Yeah, Selena dead or alive. Yeah. Thumbs up or thumbs down. (laughs) And we we will only accept thumbs up or down emojis (laughs) as a response. What about finger up, finger down? Oh, yeah, you can do that, too. Okay. At Pretty Scary Boo. Yep. Uh, So a few days later, on August 7th, Selena's body was found scattered among several duffel bags in the Makatumni. There's no T in there. Makalumni River in Sacramento County. At the time, it was believed the deaths were tied to those of an elderly couple, Ivan and Annette Steinman, who were last seen on July 30th, letting two pony-tailed men into their home in Concord, California. That immediately sounds like trouble to me. Yeah, nothing good comes out of a guy wearing a ponytail. Especially not two of them traveling together at the same time. I mean, is it like, is that what Mormons did back in the day? That is the very next thing in the notes. A witness described the men as looking like Mormon missionaries. You know, the worst is when people have a ponytail on their beard. Oh, yeah. That's, That's outrageous. If you have a ponytail on your beard and you're listening, pause. And then add us at Pretty Scary Boo... And explain yourself. Explain yourself while at least undoing <laughs> the ponytail. You don't or have to cut it. it. Or yeah, I guess you can just stroke it while you're or telling bra- us. Or rebraid it. Put Maybe some, a different kind of Put braid. some beads in it. <laughs> beads are good. That would be adorbs. Yep. So now I'm on board with your ponytail beard. So the Steinmans were reported missing on August 3rd, the same day Jennifer Villarin's body was found. Selena was reported missing on August 4th. And she was last seen two days earlier eating at Berkeley's Bison Brewing Company with her boyfriend, Glenn Helzer. Like all dudes named Glenn, he had a ponytail. Okay, so she was last seen two days earlier from the day she was found. Uh, Yes, two days prior to when she was reported missing. So August 2nd. So the day before her mom was found dead. So do you think she was alive and knew that they were these ponytailed men were going to kill her mom? No. She she was alive. I don't we get to it at the end, but I definitely don't think she ever thought that her parents would or her mom would be targeted. Yeah, because her dad obviously wasn't. He's still alive and living in CA. <laughs> oh, What's up, Elvin? Add us at Pretty Scary Boo. If Elvin's listening, <laughs> pause. Pause. At Pretty Scary Boo. Put us on will call for your next L.A. show. <laughs> Please do. We will come. We will come see Elvin Bishop rock the house. Um. All right. So. Glenn had a ponytail. Glenn, he had a ponytail. And I mean, that uh, that's pretty, pretty suspicious. So let's talk about the day of the murder. And this is Jennifer Villarin's murder. Uh, at 5 a.m. on August 3rd, entirely too early, police respond to the home of Selena Bishop. Yeah, I agree. That is early. That is a rude time to commit that's... a murder. You're going to bother the neighbors. The police yep. are going to have to get up earlier than they wanted. Can or you imagine if it was like, oh, I had my alarm set for like 5.15 and then right. that woke you up? Or if your overnight shift was ending at 5. Like, I just want to go home and get sleep. I'm so tired. And then you get Joe Kended out to this fucking place. Yeah. Well, well, well. And now you're up all day. Nightmare. Total nightmare. Why would they be up all day? 
because now they have a murder to investigate. They were about to get off work, and now it's 5 a.m., and they have to Are go. Are you talking about the police? I was talking about the neighbors. Oh, yeah. Well, no, I was talking about the police. I was more worried about the neighbors as somebody who now hears her upstairs, her new upstairs neighbors, having sex every morning about 5 a.m. I was... <laughs> Finger me. Finger me. And thank you to the person who at Pretty Scary booed us about the finger fingers. Oh, yeah. Those really finger hands. creepy looking Hand plastic fingers. hands. Yeah, we They're should like get Lee those. Press on nails, but hands. <laughs> Hand, finger caps. <laughs> I guess is what you would call that. We should get some finger caps to yep. finger with. So later that morning or no, a neighbor reported hearing six to eight shots and seeing a man flee Bishop's apartment and out into the street. And later that morning, Glenn Helzer called the Two Bird Cafe in San Geronimo in Marin County, where Selena worked as a waitress. He was told she wasn't there, at which point he became upset and hung up. The next day, the cafe received a call from a man who said that Bishop was late returning from her Yosemite camping trip and would be unable to make it for her shift that day. Dun, dun, dun. At the time. Two-bird cafe owner Tony Maselli said he believed the caller was Glenn Helzer in that fucking ponytail. Yep. I bet he said it that way, too. He probably first identified the guy as sounding like he had a ponytail. <laughs> and then they're probably like, well, do you know anyone with a ponytail? Two yes. guys, actually. Yes. Glenn and Justin is Glenn's brother. Correct. Who? They look like missionaries, but they're not. Well, not anymore. They're assassins. They're killers. But they used to be Mormons. So I did a little bit of extra research and I looked this up. And I think this was on one of those People Magazine cult shows that I love so much on ID. And they, they talked about the brothers. And I, which one was older? Was it Justin or Glenn? Because one was very dominant. and the Yeah, I don't remember if the older was the dominant or not. I feel like it was. And I think it might have been Justin. Well, the, the more dominant one was Glenn. Okay, then maybe that was the older one. Yeah. And Justin, if I'm wrong, just pause and add us. Just let me, just let add me us have and it. Just let us know. Just let yeah. me have it. Fucking unload. Um, but, who, okay, so Glenn, we had this thing about them having perfect bowel movements. Uh, here's the problem. I don't remember important facts. I remember the facts that will never help me out in any sort of life situation. But he was very into him and his brother having perfect bowel movements, their diets. And he got those blocks that you would, when you're on the toilet, like you'd put under your feet. A squatty potty. Is that what it is? That keep your, yeah. so that you're at like a 90 degree leg angle. Yeah. It's called a squatty potty. Yeah. So he bought them squatty potty so that, and so that they could have these perfect bowel movements. But after his brother would go to the bathroom, he'd go in and like inspect it. Nice. <laughs> is it? It's a brother who cares. Okay. Yeah, I actually I should have watched that one because I watched People Magazine Investigates. Okay. Which did an episode about this, but after I rented it or I bought that episode, I realized there's a People Magazine Investigates like cults version. Yeah. That I think also covered this. And the one I watched was really light on the cult side of right. this story. Yeah, the one I watched definitely talked about their childhood and their upbringing, and I believe it was super religious, and then how that kind of transformed their thinking. Right. But that was very interesting. I was, I've always find it interesting, someone's childhood, how they were raised, because it's so indicative of what kind of monster they're going to become when they're older. Yeah, I like it when we're talking about someone 
bad or evil. I like hearing about childhoods. But if it's like a musician who just like grew up to be a good musician, like if I, I read a lot of biographies and autobiographies in yeah. always like the childhood. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Like, really? Yeah. Like Neil Young wasn't writing Powderfinger when he was 10. Like, oh, I love the that's minutia. the shit I care about. I love the minutia. Uh, so on August 6th, police in Oakland discovered the Steinman's abandoned minivan. Inside, they found palm prints later identified as belonging to the Helzer's younger brother, Justin. Oh, I guess we answered <laughs> the question I right there. I read these notes. notes. Okay. <laughs> and Don Godman, who shared a home with the twin brothers. The van was unlocked. The keys were still in the ignition. Carrie, rap music was blaring from the radio. Obvi. So they never, they don't specify what song. This was, what year are we saying this was? Like 80? 2000? Oh, yeah. So probably something by Fitty. Oh, or M. Yeah. Could have been M. Yeah, 50 Cent. Like my name is Like Stu. if they were listening to 50 Cent in 2000, they were like buying bootleg tapes directly from Brooklyn or something. <laughs> what? Who? <laughs> what has happened? Who was an angry kid? Eminem. Eminem? Yes. It, oh, it was a good. It was just called My, my Name Is. It's called My Name Is. <laughs> Slim Shady. Fine. <laughs> Stan. It's Stan. It's My Name Is called I'm Stan. I knew that, it would come to me at some point. That's. I think you're mixing up two songs. <laughs> together though that would have been the best song ever probably yeah if stan was a really upbeat number i would have been way into that <laughs> slim standy slim standy oh god oh that to me was hilarious and also musical genius uh don godman looks like a don Dawn looks very much like a Dawn. She's got Dawn hair. She's got a Dawn face. Talk about bowel movements you do not want to see. <laughs> oh, no. I feel like he must not have had her on the clean bowel movement. <laughs> no, she did not program. have a squatty. No. I, yeah, yeah. Dawn, you feel bad for Dawn when you look into the story, but also not really. Like she, like they, they, I don't know. This guy was obviously a pretty influential character. And there's two good looking guys with or without ponies. That paid attention to her. Like, when you yeah. get a lot of attention and you're emotionally starved, you'll take anything. So then also to get it from somebody who's attractive, because I think it goes on to say they met at a Mormon dance. They met at a, oh, God, I have it in here. Uh. We can get to it later. Yeah. Well, so it goes into a little bit about how they met and then also a little bit at about their At a murder background. mystery dinner at a Mormon temple. In Walnut Creek. And I think... He had already been kicked out. Yes. He had been ex excommunicated Glenn. by that point. Or Glenn and Justin or Justin? Uh, Glenn. Okay. Glenn is the kind of the mastermind right. of all of it. And then Justin sort of seems like Justin and Dawn and all the others seem like they're following Colors. Glenn. And Glenn, when you see him in the like in the true crime episodes, he is legitimately a pretty handsome dude. Yeah. They're both they're both like Super tall and, like, very normal looking. Yeah, I agree. I'd say they have handsome faces if you didn't know that they were killers. But also, like, I feel like that's also kind of par for the course. Because to be a cult leader, you have to be charismatic. I mean, I'm, there's obviously exceptions out there, I'm sure. But, like, Jim Jones wasn't a terrible looking 
dude. I mean, right. he, he looked like a 70s dad for sure. Yeah. But he was relatively normal was a looking. Spanker. David Koresh was a like fucking a hottie. I agree. Like, David Koresh had that fucking shirts. stubble. Yeah. Like he could have fronted in excess or something. Yeah. Had he chosen a different path in life. But he did That led to him growing up in Australia, which is where that band's from. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, so it, it stands to reason that this guy would be relatively uh, handsome. Crazy as shit, th yeah. this dude turns out to be, though. You uh, can only hide your crazy for so long. Yeah, and it seemed like... Who's ever dated me. <laughs> it seemed like he didn't hide it that long. After seeing news reports about the Steinman's van, a woman named Vicki Sexton, who worked with the Steinman's, called police... Because a few days earlier, they show a reenactment of this in the People magazine investigates thing. A woman comes in in a wheelchair trying to have money transferred from the Steinman's account to the account of Selena Bishop. And we find out later that that was Don Godman. Yeah. And she said that she was a friend of the Steinman's and that they were just helping this girl out. And Vicky Sexton... Not a lot of money. Only $100,000. $100,000. Uh, and Vicky Sexton had worked with the Steinmans before. And she recognized them and thought it was kind of suspicious. So she refused to cash the check until she could hear from the Steinmans. Yeah. And that kind of turned... Sort of set a spiral in place. And boy, did things get out of control. Yeah. Real fast. Really fast. So, yeah, Sexton wouldn't cash the check. After hearing this story, police went to Glenn Helzer's apartment, which was located a few blocks from the Steinman's residence, to arrest him on an unrelated burglary charge. When they arrived, he jumped out a window and ran to the home of a neighbor, Mary Mazzocchi. He threatened her with a knife and demanded a change of clothes and a car. He then cut off his ponytail with a knife. That's hot sapping him of all his powers true and uh he was apprehended a few blocks away from her home a short time later because he cut the ponytail and thus lost all his abilities like all of a sudden it was like he was running through molasses right yeah yeah it uh what story who is that is it samson who cut their ponytail there's like this mythological story or someone i'm sure there is probably samson but it's not Let's like we have samson i don't know how we would ever find out or how we would confirm it we Somebody just, could at us. Someone could at us, yes. If you could let us know who cut the ponytail and lost all his powers. Yeah. I want to say Samson. Okay. Do we want to Google it? Mm, no. I want someone to <laughs> I add us. I do too. I want everyone listening to be yeah. frustrated if they also don't know. And then we should do know. a poll on who, who it is. <laughs> and then never ideas. release the results of that poll. And then, yeah. Keep Nobody it very will secret. Yeah, we'll bury it with the Aphrodite Jones episode. Right. And which I still am determined to find. Yeah, that's really weird that you can't. It really is. And I believe you. Yeah. If, Caitlin if, would lie, but I don't think you would. <laughs> no, if I had it, I would like put it in an outtakes episode or something. Yeah, Caitlin lies all the time, but it's usually to protect me. Yeah, I actually told that story. I guessed it on another podcast the other night, and they asked me if I've ever had a celebrity guest that I didn't get along with. <laughs> What did you say about it? I just said that there's an unreleased episode of Pretty Scary that's a 28-minute argument with me and Aphrodite Jones. What's she going to listen to that podcast and hear me? Maybe somebody will 
hopefully not at her. <laughs> Please don't at her. Only at us. Please. Pretty scary boo. At pretty scary boo. So after he gets apprehended, uh, Justin Helzer and Don Godman were arrested shortly thereafter. Items belonging to the Steinmans were found inside the apartment that the three shared, uh, as were a whole bunch of murder tools. Do you still do? Did, did how long did you keep doing kill kits Dude, on we did white wine kill true crime? Kits for two years, I believe. They were so <laughs> expensive. It really is expensive to be a killer. So I would, a, yeah, there those had to be thirty or forty dollars. They're right? probably about forty dollars. Yeah, thirty forty, depending on what I put in it, and I like to you know change it up. Um, but I would do like eight at a time and go in, and I would be like, hey, like where's your like your ropes? Like, where's your drop cloth? <laughs> and so when I'd go up there at the end, you know, with, like, Comet bleach and screwdrivers and hacksaws, and they would just start laughing. And they're like, are you going to kill somebody? I was like, no. I don't know. Are you writing this down? <laughs> like, I don't, okay, so I've got this podcast, and it's called White Wine True Crime. And, like, they didn't care. They were more interested in if I was going to murder somebody. They did not care <laughs> at all about the podcast. But if they did and they subscribed and they rated us five stars, then I appreciate it. You should have told service. them you were going to do it on the podcast. Yeah, then they would. But listened. I will give a shout out to True Value in Long Beach if uh, I can get a discount. Mm. Yeah, they got very expensive. That's why I had to stop. Um, I think by the time I was done, I'd spent eight hundred dollars, and I was like, "That's a uh, lot." Yeah, and I'd had friends that like I'd go to their house, and like they might use a comet or something, but for the most part, like they weren't yeah. using the stuff. And I was like, "Okay, it's cute and it's a novelty, but I'm not like a, a millionaire, so." Yeah, I hauled mine around for a few different apartments that I lived at. And now I don't know. I feel like it might be under Josh Denny's sink. You could have (laughs) used it to clean that Cheeto debris off the wall. What? What? (laughs) The Cheeto bag that. uh, Oh, sure. Okay. I remember that conversation we had earlier. Yeah. So (laughs) we gave Jeff one and. He murdered someone? (laughs) No, even better. He was driving Uber at the time and forgot he'd put it in there because we gave it to him at our comedy <laughs> show. The next morning, he's driving Uber. So when he popped his trunk with the lady standing there to put her suitcase in, <laughs> tools all over the trunk. And he goes, you know how awkward that was to explain? And I was like, that made the $800 I spent on everyone oh, yeah. in totality worth it. I would have spent 800 to film that one. Yes. Yeah, that would have been great. Yeah. Uh, Where's a documentary, documentary company when you need them? Right. Get over here, Sky Borgman. So back to the documentary or the podcast. What are we doing? Podcast? I think so. Podcast. So a bunch of items belonging to the Steinmans were found inside the apartment that the three shared, uh, as were a whole bunch of murder tools. Uh, Just realizing I said all that already. Uh, (laughs) A few hours after the arrest... The remains of the Steinmans were found in duffel bags floating on the Mokalumne River by someone on a jet ski. That would be you. So I have one jet ski story. Good. Uh, I think it was a jet ski. It was like the one where it was like tall and thin and like you stood on it. Yeah, that was a jet ski. Okay. So my fr- I was like, oh, I want to learn like how to drive one. So I went down to the gross, disgusting Illinois River with my friend Sarah. My friend Bo pulls up in or in one and he was like, yeah. So all you have to do is like stand on it and just like rev the engine and go. And I probably went 20 feet and screamed bloody murder, jumped off, swam ashore, and <laughs> left. And then Bo had to jump in and go get his own sea do and 
it was a little awkward in the halls for a while. It sounds like school. it would be. Yeah, yeah for a little while. Understand. But uh, yeah, we ended up overcoming it. We were friends by the time we graduated. <laughs> so yeah, someone out jet skiing finds a dead body or a bag full of several bags full of two dead bodies. I guess it was. And after examining the remains of the Steinmans and the various crime scenes, police determined that the couple was likely kidnapped from their home and taken to the Helzer house where they were beaten and tortured over the course of three days until they agreed to give Glenn and Justin Helzer $100,000. Dawn Godman was identified by Vicki Sexton as the woman who tried to deposit the check. So at this point, police knew who was dead and they had a good idea who was responsible for it. But what they didn't know is why Helzer, Helzer, and Godman did it. The law firm of Helzer, Helzer, and Godman. I was going to say, Godman. that sounds like some sort of brokerage or something. Uh, Again, if their lives would have went a different path, they could be a very successful mortgage lending company right now. They should be. They should be. Uh, Don Godman. So th- this is, now we're going to get into what was actually behind these murders. There's no, there's no mystery as to who committed these murders. The Helzer brothers and Don Godman definitely committed these murders. There are probably three different true crime shows that have covered this story from different angles Mm -hmm. and that go into more detail about the actual brutality of the crimes and things. And we probably will too, but just in case we don't, we'll link to all of that shit on the website so you can check it out. So yeah, Don Godman met Glenn Helzer and Justin Helzer on Memorial Day 1999, probably while Smooth by Santana was playing in the background, at a murder mystery dinner in a Mormon temple in Walnut Creek, California. Would you go to that? Um, I did have a thing for murder mystery dinners for a while. Really? And my dad lived in Walnut Creek in oh. 1999. Wow. The only thing I wouldn't be on board with is the Mormon part, because you know they weren't drinking. Yeah, not drinking. In what, I wonder if it was like a Mormon mystery. It's, an, it's a Mormon temple, so... Boring. I know. Ugh. And I was 23, so I was definitely raging then. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. The Helsers had actually been excommunicated from the Mormon church the previous year for drug use. But uh, they didn't tell that to Don Godman. This is a quote from Don talking about Glenn. He made you feel like you were the most important person in the world. And here's the thing. Dawn looks like a Dawn, but there's also Carrie Mendoza, who is interviewed in a few of the different episodes. She comes up. There's an entire article about her out there on the Internet. She testified during the trial about how amazing of a guy Glenn Helzer was also. And her quote was, it was special just to know him. She also claimed he gave her the confidence to get breast implants and become a Playboy centerfold, which she did do. She's a Playboy model. That's so crazy that somebody that hot would marry the or date the psychopath. Um, it's also crazy that it's that like the, the most good he ever did in the world. Probably, yeah. Just giving That's... her the, the confidence to get pursue her dreams, bigger breasts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and she, if you read about her, she, like, even during this trial was really, like, she almost had to be pushed into saying these two were bad dudes. Like, she was oh. still kind of, like, reluctant to have to testify. And because they were, it was a cult. Like, they, she, along with uh, 
Glenn, Justin, and Dawn all believed Glenn was a prophet of God. And they all joined his cult, which was called the Children of Thunder. That's a fucking great name for a cult. That's a great name for anything. Yeah, I agree. Even even if it's just a, a group of kids. If you're doing bar trivia, be the Children, Children of, of Thunder. Thunder. Hell yeah. 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 We should go play. Like, get, like, more people, because <laughs> I'm not going to help, be helpful at all. I wonder if we can find, like, a bar night in Walnut Creek and go to bar trivia and place the Children of Thunder. Or we could <laughs> just find one locally. Or just do it here? Yeah, let's just do it here. But there'd be so much more controversy, short for controversy, yeah. if we went and did it in Walnut Creek as it the Children so of Thunder. It was so long ago, though. I mean, it wasn't that long 20, ago. It's almost 20 years the but this, was, this had to be a Creek. pretty big case. First of all, Walnut Creek is an older town. So 20 years, half of that town is dead. Good point. Uh, if there are millennials there now, current day, they won't know Children of Thunder. They will think it's like a song by Imagine Dragons. But that one who does is going to be like, that Wait seems a second. really... Those guys are up to something. Seems pretty cool. Or what if it's like, no, like you have to be children of Thunder 1, you have to be children of Thunder 2, because everybody in the bar took it. <laughs> That'd be great, too. Yeah. We would be children of Thunder 69. Or <laughs> children of and just like the sign Thunder. Oh, yeah. Like like a prince yeah. thing. Like part of our name's just a symbol. Right, children of. And then we all. Because <laughs> that's how Thunder sounds, like a symbol. Children of. <laughs> oh, my God. Was that Thunder? Cha. It will all paint Two, three, four, cha! <laughs> um, we'll all paint Thunderbolts on our face and put that in the back of right. our shirt. We'll be like baseball jerseys that say like Children of Thunder or Caught. And then <laughs> and we'll all be the number 69. <laughs> this sounds like a lot of fun. I can't wait to do it. It's a lot of planning, but I'm in. It's, it, yeah. Not, not, not too much planning. Just right. the right amount. Perfect. Yeah. So... Uh, yeah, great fucking name on Children of Thunder. Uh, Glenn Helzer made all of his followers attend. And apparently there were like 20 to 30 people in this group. And uh, he made his followers attend self-awareness classes, which he believed began a process of breaking down people's walls so they would be open to his ideas. And this involved dozens of people sitting in windowless rooms for days on end, quote, confronting their demons with the help of a facilitator. I wonder who the facilitator would be. Like, that's very Mormon-esque, I think. Yeah, and they describe... Or am I thinking of Scientology? Or both? The, it actually reminded me of Scientology. Scientology. Yeah. That's what I meant. And But I don't know enough about Mormonism. Maybe there's some aspect of Mormonism that involves that, too. I'm sure... El, so, just at us. Like, I'm sure Elrond... Yeah, please pause. Thank you. I'm sure Elrond Hubbard pulled from all sorts of places when he was creating his science fiction religion so mormonism might have some of that yeah in it too and the group believed glenn had been chosen to bring about the second coming of christ but to do that he needed millions of dollars hmm. and i guess the, the this was the start of getting that millions of dollars was robbing the steinmans of a hundred thousand dollars so that's a tenth how many Older couples. A lot of old couples were going to have to die to bring back Christ. Kidnap for three days and torture. Wait, did I just answer my own question? You think if I did the math? You think so? That was one tenth of his goal. After, he had nine more couples to do this. Too. After putting in that much work, you'd think Christ would give a slight discount. Yeah. 
and say, all right, I'll come back for seven fifty if you're going to be this vigilant about but it. But technically, 30 days, you could have that money. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So kind of like the authorities kind of robbed us of seeing if this was actually going to work, mm-hmm. if nothing else. Like we could have let them see it through to the end and then Christ doesn't come back. And then we're like, oh, we got to arrest you. See? Right. They'd probably want to be arrested at that point. <laughs> They're an old-timey yeah. detective. Hey, you're under arrest, see? <laughs> this is Walnut Creek PD. 23 Skidoo. What's your detective name? <laughs> Adam Charleston. Do you do the Charleston? Of course I do. We all do the Charleston. Are you smoking a pipe, sir? I am smoking a pipe. It's got opium in it. I bought it at the drugstore. Why are you blowing your smoke in my face, sir? Because I'm going to kidnap you, ma'am. It's still legal in my day. We could kidnap and rape and pillage. Exactly. Still be men of the law. We could maraud, you know. (laughs) We used to be able to maraud. That was the thing Caitlin said on a podcast. We used to be able to maraud. (laughs) I I was just editing it. It's from a while back. It was an episode we recorded a long time ago, the documentary podcast. And I don't remember what we were talking about, but that just sticks out in my mind that in the past couple days I've heard Caitlin say, we used to be able to maraud. I miss Caitlin. Yeah. Children of Thunder had it. I mean, she's here. Right. Just not talking. Mm -hmm. She's eating this up. I like, though, when she does talk and she says witty, funny things. And she does voices. She does voices. Because you guys would go back and forth. And I'd sit here and giggle. (laughs) 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 Lightning. So, yeah, he needed all this money to uh, carry out all of his crazy plans. One of those plans, it was called Project Brazil. And he was going to travel to Brazil and come back with a grip of Brazilian orphans. And he was going to train those orphans. And at some point, those orphans would storm the Mormon temple in Utah and kill all of the church leadership. At which point, Glenn would be made the new prophet of the Mormon church, Mm -hmm. as law dictates. Right. In a case where the leadership is usurped by a group of Brazilian orphans, Glenn Helzer becomes your new prophet. I feel like if any orphans are going to do it, Brazilian ones are the feistiest. Yeah. What's the exit strategy after they kill the elders? Um, I think they go to outer space and get their own planet, I believe, <laughs> is the Mormon. The UFO comes down and picks them up. Yeah, I think that's the Mormon afterlife theory. Tom Cruise is driving. <laughs> so funny that we keep intermingling the two. Yeah, well, they do feel similar. They're both pretty recent. Like, Mormonism hasn't been around that long. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it was Daniel Tosh used to have a bit about Mormonism and how, like, if your grandpa is old enough to have remembered the origin story and he doesn't remember it, it didn't happen. Like these big, because I think a lot of the Mormon shit happened, like, like a lot of their basis or their origin story, like all happened in the 1900s sometime. Yeah. So you can just look back and be like, "Mm, that didn't happen. None of that happened. Yeah. We would remember that. Right. We'd we'd remember because you're older than me. We'd remember if such a thing happened in Missouri. Right. Uh, No, I know I am significantly (laughs) older than you. Which, uh, you keep hitting on that. (laughs) All right. Yeah. But I'm, like, I was here for the bicentennial. Right. Did you get to see that? Yes. No. No. No, I missed it by 18 goddamn days. Yeah, yeah. It was a real party. Oh, no. You really missed out. missing parties. Hashtag FOMO, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, sorry about that. So, 
he also one of the things he was going to use all of this money for was to launch an initiative called Transform America. That sounds positive. It was a self-help group meant to foster a state of peace of a state of peace and joy and defeat Satan. Yeah. That's an aggressive mission statement. It's very all-encompassing. There's lots of different parts that you could focus on. It's a positive goal. Yeah. I mean, assuming we know everything there is to know about Satan. Mm-hmm. Like, I've made arguments before. Could just be misunderstood. <laughs> you never know. Was he misunderstood in Demon House? Was he misunderstood he blinded our, <laughs> our dear Zach Baggins? <laughs> that wasn't Satan. That was like a devil goat It's probably something. a co-worker. <laughs> just dark and he probably threw a fucking Put poison in his coffee lead until crystal ashtray at him from across the dark room <laughs> Good for them got lucky and hit him uh so yeah he needed the money for transform america so i don't like was he gonna train those orphans for free was none of the money gonna go toward that yeah that's what it sounds like i mean this guy just didn't kill enough people i think is well not because he didn't want to right right uh but isn't it because he didn't want to like, if you really want it, you get away and you complete the mission. Well, Especially again, if we, you're a prophet from God. Yeah. Go back to the ponytail. We know where all of his power oh, was. That's right. That's right. He lost all his power when yeah. he cut his ponytail like yeah. that guy. And it's like just giving up. From the olden times. <laughs> we think Samson. Samson, Everlast, maybe. One of those two, mm-hmm. something like that. I like Samson. Yeah. Uh, so after her arrest, Dawn underwent reprogramming. To break herself from Glenn's control, and during testimony, she revealed the cult's entire plot. Glenn targeted the Steinmans because he used to be their stockbroker. Selena was to be used to launder the money. When the plan to deposit the check failed, Glenn decided to kill her. He pretended to give her a massage and had his brother Justin hit her over the head with a hammer while she was getting a massage. That is crazy. Uh, The fact that he was a stockbroker... Yeah. He really is a man of all trades. Yeah, they that's one of the in the different episodes about him, that's one of the first things they mention is he's a former stockbroker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just kind of went crazy at one point. And I think he lost a bunch of money in the stock market and probably just thought, "Now I'll start a religion like L. Ron Hubbard or something." Yeah. And then had to kill some people. Yeah. And turns out he wasn't good at it. Uh, so after she was bludgeoned to death, her body was dismembered. Before that, Glenn showed the body to Don Godman and said, Spirit says you get to know this isn't a dream. It's a pretty accurate. Detective Charleston is Glenn back. Hauser. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bishop's tattoo was cut off her body so she couldn't be identified in the skin was fed to Helzer's dog. That's so gross. And I almost think that that's not true because the person who said that is a family member of selena bishops who was being interviewed in one of these uh true crime episodes But how would they know they fed it to the dog like it just seems so sensationalized like i would assume it'd be like chewy and stuff like even dogs like well dogs i mean they eat their shit i get that but things like that yeah i don't know i would think unless you put like tabasco on it or something should we cut someone's <laughs> arm skin off and try to feed it to winter? Oh, yeah. You got a tattoo we can take off. A dolphin for a dolphin tattoo jumping over my ankle bone. And it has the sign, if you look closely, the sign for infinity on the side. Is it on your ankle bone or on the dolphin? It's on the dolphin. So dolphins forever. 
I used to tan so much that I had to get it recolored. I'm surprised Dolphins Forever isn't a store <laughs> of some sort. <laughs> Probably is in Florida. White people love dolphins. Yep. So they decided to kill Bishop's mother, Jennifer Valerian, the subject of the song Fooled Around and Fell in Love, because she'd seen Glenn's face at one point and she could have identified him. So after everything went wrong, he killed Selena. And then they mention in the People Magazine Investigates thing that Selena Bishop uh, had been kind of dating Glenn Helzer, but he was going by Taylor Helzer. Mm -hmm. And she was really reluctant to introduce him to anyone, like any of her friends or family. And her mom showed up at her apartment unannounced one day and just happened to see Glenn Helzer there. And that's why he came back and killed her. That is why you don't just pop in. Yeah. You got in. It mentions she had a pager. Oh, why hit would that, hit that pager. Tell it her you're coming. 911. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't. Yeah. You don't drop in. Right. It's always a bad look. And I hope the lesson to be learned from this podcast is, yeah, you don't just stop by. Never. Never. No. You don't know what is going on at that person's house. So the daughter knew she was going to be money laundering. She knew she was going to be doing something bad. Yeah, the daughter was in on the plot. She was in cahoots. She was... People back in the day were always in cahoots. Everyone's in cahoots, see? Is that kind of like marauding? Uh, n- I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to sound small. <laughs> uh, so... Yeah, and as far as Jennifer Valerian's boyfriend, who was also shot dead while they were in bed, wrong place, wrong time. Yeah. They were just hanging out, and that's always the... I've seen a few different true crime shows where that happens, where like some, like a one-night stand ends up getting murdered. Oh, that would and be what the if worst. he's like, you know what, I'm just going to spend the night, but when my alarm goes off at 6 a.m., I'm going to tell her that I think I'm going to break up with her. Yeah, oh, yeah. Or I'm going to sneak out after he falls asleep. Right. And then someone kicks in the door and murders everybody. <laughs> yeah, unfortunate. Yeah, there was one I, I watched. I don't remember the crime, but it was like a biker gang. And it was a home invasion thing. And they were looking for this one particular member of the biker gang. And he was having a one-night stand at the time. And they were asleep in bed. And they shot them both. <gasps> yeah. That's why one-night stands aren't always a good idea. Yeah, you want to get the fuck out of there. Yeah. You don't know what what's going on in that person's life. If you need to life. do a leave behind so you can see him again. Right. A leave behind or, you know, just a note. Yeah. Something like that. And but then in that case, they get murdered. You leave a note. You're a suspect. Right. They're going to assume. So maybe she'd be in prison right now as a suspect. Yeah. I mean, if you were, especially if you're a guy and you just had sex with that woman and then she gets murdered, you're going to prison. Yeah. Whether it sticks you know, you might get out in 25 years, but they're going to find a way to send you to prison. If it's a random murder and you were the last person there, you're going to prison. Yeah. One of you is dead and one is not. Mm-hmm. You do the math. The boyfriend did it. Yeah. Lazy. So it's lazy. What just dawned on me, Glenn and Justin Helzer, so they were both sentenced to life in prison. They were before their time. They didn't have the cheekness of the Menendez brothers. They were after the Menendez brothers, weren't no, they? No, I know. I'm saying, though, they should have been trendsetters, but they were, like, too weird or not hot enough or maybe just because of, like, the Mormon 
underlyingness of it, or maybe just Lyle yeah, yeah. and Eric are hotter. When did the Menendez brothers thing happen? I think around the same time. Actually, I think was it, it was around the same time. I think it was right around 2000. No, I think it was closer to the 90s. So then they were before. I think the Menendez brothers were before. Oh. So they should have had a template to work from. <laughs> right. And they didn't. They yeah. were just creepy fucking Mormons who... They fucked this up. Murdered, murdered the subject of the song, fooled around and fell in love. You monsters! It's a number three hit. How dare you? Yeah. Number three, Carrie. Mm-hmm. That's the part that bothers me. I can tell you're all sorts of agitated. Song deserved to be a number one hit. She yeah. got murdered. Should have shot at like the top one of, of the those charts. Things where like people went back after and bought the CDs, and if their CD sales spike to even ten this year because of this podcast, <laughs> then I feel like we did something good. I, and I feel Elvin. like I feel like we should ask for some of the money, right? I think we should ask for Elvin to be on our Children of Thunder Bar Trivia team. <laughs> I don't see why he wouldn't do it, especially after listening to this podcast. I mean, listen, they, they got probably... divorced a wait. long time ago. Wait, wait, wait. 40 plus 30. Oh, but I forget. His daughter died also. Yeah. So he's like in his 70s. Oh, yeah. He's up there. Okay. He looked old as shit when that song came out. I was going to say 40s. Yeah, he was probably in his 40s then. Okay. And we're in our 40s now, which would ooh make him 80s. I, again, don't know how we would yeah, find out. how does out. math work? I don't know how we would ever find this out either. <laughs> we'll pause. But if anybody can find out Elvin Bishop. Yeah, we'll pause. Add us. Age. And hopefully he discloses his real age because you know who doesn't? Mariah Carey. Yeah. Which, after this, we're recording episode three of Pretty Carey. I love that we were like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Carey, you laughed over it. Come on. Sorry. Uh, I love that. When we were trying to decide which one to record first, we're like, let's start with like the more serious one first. And I haven't <laughs> laughed this hard in a long time. Yeah. That comes up in our reviews a lot. It's like, fuck you. Relax. People think we don't take that. Like, no one's taking true crime seriously. This is entertainment. Yeah. Whether you think you're out for justice, you're not solving any fucking crimes. You're listening to podcasts. Well, we don't tout ourselves as a serious true crime podcast. Yeah. We're not making fun of victims. We're making fun of their ponytailed murders. Right. And sometimes their deaths. <laughs> You'll be fine. Uh, <laughs> so that's our episode. Uh, uh, well, they got sentenced to murder. I should mention that. Glenn Helzer is still in prison. Justin Helzer committed suicide in prison. Dawn got a slightly lesser sentence for her testimony, but for at least two years after her arrest, continued to believe Glenn Helzer was a prophet. This is a quote. I believe that no matter what happened, Taylor, working with the angels, would work to free us. I believe that I could communicate with Taylor through the angels. Turns out she was wrong and is still in prison. Wow. I wonder if she has like a dating website. Probably. She's probably got a prof, short for profile. Yeah. Out there somewhere. Good for her. I wonder if she Prisonersonly.com. As we know, some people glow up in prison. Right. Yeah. She's got nothing to do but work out and eat right. Mm -hmm. Maybe she's going to hit that come up in prison. Yeah. And if so, good for her. Right? She wasn't she went in for her on the outside. She went in young. Right. So she'll probably come out still like relatively club age. Wait, she's not out yet? Um, This was 2000s, early oh, I guess 2000s. it's been 19 years. Yeah. And she got 30 some years, I think. Oof. But I, so you probably have to... S- 
serve like 50 percent? Yeah, I don't know if Utah is a – or was this California? Who cares? Yeah. Does it matter? <laughs> no. What, what are we, the fact pod? We fact check pod? Come here for facts? <laughs> God, we are not. Get the fuck out of here with that. <laughs> fuck facts. We deal in emotions on this podcast. Emotions and gut instinct. <laughs> we don't even have notes. We were just powering through with the information in my head. <laughs> right. Right? Yeah. Totally off the cuff. Yep. You would spike the ball. No. You would volley the ball. <laughs> Spike your information ball over the net. <laughs> Spike your information ball over the net, America. If you take nothing else from this podcast, let it be that. <laughs> I'm laughing so hard. I think that I just peed on the chair that Sky Borgman was sitting on the other day. Or maybe Sky peed in it. You're sitting in her. <laughs> I should blame it on Sky. He Nobody should. will know. All right, so that's our episode. That is the Children of Thunder. What a great name for such a shitty cult. Yeah. Failed right out of the gate. Hey, we're going to do one big thing. Nope, we're going to fuck that up right away. And no one stuck around? I Yeah, I think once he went to prison, everyone was like, oh, okay, we're stupid. Yeah, we should <laughs> get this out of here, up. go to the mall. Yeah. Let's go eat at a Bubba Gump's. So what do we have to even plug? This is going up Tuesday, I think. I don't have anything. Pretty check out Pretty Carry, yeah, which is <laughs> on the Patreon now, but it'll be public uh, in a few weeks. We'll start putting them out publicly. We're a third of the way, almost half of the way done. With we'll be Pretty halfway Carey. done fun. tonight. And then I think <laughs> you should add us at Pretty Scary Boo and follow us. And if you could counteract some of those negative reviews with positive reviews, that would be nice. Oh right on a. Uh, iTunes or whatever. And then um, should we do like another season of people that are last name Carrie? Or do we start talking about somebody else that's famous like Anna Nicole or Whitney Houston? Um, I don't. Who else has the last name Carrie? Oh, my God. Lots of Keith. You want to do a podcast about (laughs) Keith? I think that'd be hilarious. It probably would. Yeah. And then um, that'd be funny if he like refused to be on it. (laughs) Uh, Harry Carrie, Mary Carrie. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, we should do someone else next. And then okay. we'll, because we still have to, we're not going to get through all of Mariah Carey in one season. So, oh, okay. We should do like a season of Mariah Carey and then someone else, maybe a season two of Mariah Carey. Yeah. That's what we're doing with Corn. We got through their first like five albums, and then we're going to do a season about Oasis and maybe go back and do season two of Corn. Yeah. So much ground to cover. There is a lot. It's so much. Mariah Carey has a lot of albums. Yeah, and she has had quite the personal life. Yeah, which you can hear us talk about on Pretty Carrie. Maybe you should do that, you motherfuckers. Uh, <laughs> fuck facts, man. Fuck your facts. <laughs> fuck your figures, your stats, your information, your books, <laughs> your dictionaries, your, your paragraphs, your dub dub dubs, <laughs> your worldwide webs. <laughs> <laughs> I just got so frightened. I did the thing. Where I pointed at my nose and pointed at you. What am I supposed to do? Because it means we're on the same page. Oh, we're on the same page. Yeah. I I didn't know if that was like a new fingering thing. (laughs) Because we are so much farther apart. Like we're just going to like look at each other (laughs) every once in a while and touch our noses. I think so. Yeah. That sounds (laughs) like fun. Fuck facts. Yeah, we're on the same page. Hell yeah. Burn it down. Burn down your local library. (laughs) Burn it all down. That's all I've got. Uh, That's all I got too. Let's get the fuck out of here. Carrie, say goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. Thank you.
Thank <laughs> you.